Hey guys, before this podcast begins, I do want to say that I had some technical difficulties recording this episode. I did my best to try to fix it in post, but this is what came out. It might not sound that bad, but maybe listen to it with headphones. It was just too good of an episode to try to re-record. Uh, I'm doing my best and I'm learning as I'm going through this whole podcast thing. But nonetheless, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hi, I'm Isaac, your podcast host, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we all defined our own perspectives and the people who have an opinion about it. Up next is our series about training. Skill over time creates proficiency and how we train ourselves for goals extends beyond the physical capabilities we exercise day to day. It's not just our body being challenged, but also our whole philosophy in life. The training methods we use to handle challenges is reflected by the way we use our body in sync with our mind. Be it the limitations, the repetitions, the endurances, the strengths, they're all molded by the skills we practice and appreciate. Our guest in this series display how training in any format becomes a personal art by its very nature. This is The Independent Trainer Undefined with guest Garnett Strother. Explain to the listener who you are, who are you? I'm Brian I'm a life performance optimizer, which means that outside the realm of just fitness, I work on how to motivate people to become their better, their best selves. You know, as intricate as that is, I find out how they view their reality and I just learn how to speak their language so that I can motivate them to be more productive towards their goal and away from the things that they fear and abhor. So that's what life performance means to me. It's uh, it's more than just like showing up in a gym, losing some weight, you know? It's more about how can I make my life, you know, well, first of all, longevity is the game. But the question is, how can I make my life worth living on a continuum, no matter what? I'm always chasing and growing and connecting. So my performance in my life is how do I, is to do that, to maximize that. I'm always traveling, I'm always, moving forward and growing and trying to become a better person every single day. And you know, the result of those things is your life performance. And that's what I do. Your last name is so cool, by the way. I like that name. I've never heard that before, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm named after my dad. So there's two people with that name. Uh, huh. He's pretty cool. He's, you, you would like that guy. Yeah. He's dope. Yeah, he's a dope guy. I love my dad, man. It took me a long time to really connect with him because I grew up Single household. My mom, my dad was still, you know, getting his shit together. So, and my mom was too. So, my mom was working nights and sleeping during the day, and I was, you know, just trying to figure out life because I didn't really have my folks around. So, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and my cousins, who really ended up raising me. And they did a they did a great job. They're phenomenal people. I love them to death. And uh, because of that, it kind of it forced me to be exist in this realm of self-improvement all my heroes taught themselves all my heroes learned how to do things and became better men and 
women from experience. And I really, really stress that when it comes to life performance as well. You really have to dig deep within yourself. You can't look for the way outside here, outside in the world. You Only you know what's right for you. And the only way you'll know what's right is if you experience what's wrong and experience the things that will inspire you to move forward. So it's a, it's a, it's a scary thing to be on your own, right? Yeah. You know, humans can die from loneliness. You know, we, the feeling of loneliness is the feeling we get when the, the pack has cast us out or isolated us. And we, you know, when we were Neanderthals, when we were like, before we were human beings, that DNA of being abandoned meant that certain death for a large majority of human beings. So that's what we feel, that anxiety, the pain of being alone. That's what we're experiencing. But it's not, that's not, we're not going to die. We're not. In Mm -hmm. fact, it's on the other side of that loneliness, the other side of that isolation is where the breakthroughs are. But it's, it's only the other side of that when you're confronted with things that you'll experience those breakthroughs that everybody is so you know obsessed with everybody wants a breakthrough but they don't want to break down to get there mm. do you have siblings i'm the oldest i have four i have two younger brothers and i have two younger sisters i'm the oldest so i had to figure shit out quite yeah. quickly yeah i was a practice kid yeah i was gonna ask have you always had that innate introspective view on on things have you always had that at a young age or did you develop that i don't think anything is innate Nothing I have, I was born with. Okay. I didn't. I didn't become, a, you know, martial arts champion because I was like the nastiest uh, athlete. I was. I trained. I trained hard. I was actually quite sick when I was younger, and I was in the hospital a lot, and came close to dying many times. And I was excluded from physical activity, actually. So for me, I resonated with superheroes. I resonated with like Spider Man. He had real problems. He had to, like pay the rent keep his business from Aunt May, who was worried about him all the time. And he had the weight of that. Plus, he got to go, you know, punch a dude with six arms in the face. And then, you know, it's a, I kind of felt that. I, I definitely felt that. Those are the superheroes that resonated with me, you know, because I didn't have those role models in person. So I started to adopt these, you know, these caricatures while I was in the hospital reading. I read comic books. All That's what helped, got me through all these things. So, you know, so when I was younger, you know, I don't think that, Anything comes from like genetics, and anything that, that that you get for free like that—that's genetically, um, that that comes from your genes. You don't really appreciate, you know. I'm six two. I don't appreciate the fact that I'm six two until I see someone that's like shorter and angry, and they're like, "Oh, that they're just they're mm. mad because <laughs> they're oh they just mad because of their perspective, or yeah. like, you know, I don't know." I'm born in New York, right? My family's from, you know, my mom and dad are from Lower East Side. I'm, I still live in Lower East Side, so I, I'm thankful for that. But if I grew up somewhere else, it'd be, it'd be so much cornier. I don't know. I just wouldn't, mm. it, it wouldn't have worked out for me, you know? So I, I think that you cultivate those things yourself. I don't think that it was like my environment and who I was. I had to become better to survive. Mm. I had to do it. I had to. I had to be stronger. I had to be smarter. Or else I would have been, I would have died. So yeah. yeah. It's interesting you say that because I feel, you know, people lose their curiosity. And that's a very kid thing to have. Like even you saying you went into comic books, there's this curiosity that we all have 
people forget about sometimes because from a young age, we're sort of given all of these categories, labels, whatever you want to say on expectations of whatever this person will look like, how this person acts. And so you, you carry that. But if you kind of keep that curiosity, you allow yourself to sort of become surprised by people. And then that way you grow and share that. And other people notice that you do that. So let me try to do that and incorporate that in my life. Do you, have you ever thought about how curiosity fits in your life? Well, curiosity kind of dissipates over time because we distort, generalize, and, and um, distance ourselves from reality. Yeah. Because as we get older, we start to just like kind of round off to the nearest whatever it is that we've experienced before. Yeah. And we lose, you know, we think we know everything, but we don't. Because not knowing everything when you're older means that you're an idiot. And our ego tells us that if we don't know something, we should pretend that we do. Mm-hmm. But you got to remain, you got to remain curious, especially about other people. Yes. You know, you got to be curious about other people. And I think that's what keeps me in the game is that I'm, I don't know everything. People are so complex. They don't, you don't know shit about people. You don't, know, you, know, you don't have any idea what they're battling every single day or that day. Or So I think the most important thing is to be curious, but also compassionate when it comes to meeting someone new or even especially older relationships. Older relationships tend to atrophy because you think you know what that person is going to be thinking and you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. So you're acting like they're, you know, 2.0 version of themselves, but they're really 6.0 and you now you got them fucked up in the game. So, <laughs> you know, it sounds like you're sort of in a transition phase of where your life is going to look like from now on. Now that your daughter's in college, how has your circle changed because of that? Well, I only with people that are about the same thing. They're only like I have a group of like really cool men that I help, that I train with on a daily basis. They're mostly men now, but we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to get more women involved. I just need, you know, I don't know. It's something about my vibe that even though like my book, my, my personal training book is pretty 50, 50, just as many women of all kinds of backgrounds. And, you know, they just all, they're all to improve themselves. But like for me, it's like my, my life is different because I have more time for myself now. You know, raising the, I've been a dad for 20 years. I've been that longer than I've been anything else. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, all right, how can I focus on myself now? And like, you know, so I'm falling into it nicely. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the peace and quiet finally. I finally get to like focus on, okay, how do I get, how do I really put the energy into myself? How do I get rid of all the bullshit and, you know, be a better person? So that's what I'm working on right now. It's just step by step, brick by brick, rebuilding myself. You really embody the independent trainer. And even your podcast is called that as well. And you've sort of built this brand, I guess, for lack of a better word, around that idea, the independent trainer. How did you get into training, first of all? Like, what was your in? My in was uh, Michael Lutz. I did an audition for someone who... Nobody wanted to train. That was my shit back in the day when I first started. I was like, <laughs> oh, you don't, like Gary V back in the day was a notorious person. Nobody wanted to train. Nobody wanted to train him. And then they were like, we'll give him the Garnett. And I started working with Gary V and uh, this was years and years ago. Uh-huh. This is way before, this is way before Vaynerchuk Media. 
Yeah. The media. This is way before that. He was doing wine. He was doing a wine library. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That was, that was like when he had his first kid. Like he's, you know, it's a long time ago. So I was just coming up. He was. I was tired. He was tired. And then he had his kid and he kind of fell off and stopped working out for a little bit. But he was notorious for going through trainers like crazy because he just couldn't develop a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the vibe back then. I got through do martial arts. I was boxing with Gary back then and I would do various martial arts styles with people who nobody wanted to train, right? <laughs> and I just developed very deep relationships with them. And I realized early on that communication was the way to go. Your skills didn't, don't matter. I was the best at explaining what it was that needed to be done and I got the output and I, I got the, the results that everyone was looking for. But what maybe set me apart was my ability to see into their mind and understand their reality so I could speak their language. So I started, but yeah, long story short, I started with martial arts. And then I, yeah. I got involved with this company that paid for my certification, which doesn't mean shit. I, I, I went to Equinox like we all do. You know, we all uh, yep. make the pilgrimage to, to Equinox. Yeah. And it lasted about three months. It just wasn't for me. It's just like the the, co- the cor- corporate culture, the you know, there's no autonomy. There was no responsibility. Everything was cookie cutter. I just didn't like the culture. And I was so defiant. The more defiant I was towards the culture, the more the corporate structure loved me for some reason. I have no <laughs> idea why. Garnett, you got to wear your name tag. A fucking name tag, bro. I'm not wearing a fucking <laughs> name tag, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Garnett, where's, where's your train t-shirt, bro? Look at me. They know I'm a trainer. <laughs> it's like flashback. <laughs> Man, like floor shifts. I was like, yo, I gotta get out of these floor shifts, man. Like the independent trainer podcast really embodies what it's like to go out on your own. I've been on my own a couple times. The first time was that after I left Equinox, I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Struggling, you know. I didn't know enough people to really like blow up. It all, you know what I mean? Then I, you know, even with you know working with this great group, Focus Integrated Fitness, who got a lot of people on the map, and you know they they really did help me become the trainer that I am. Um, but then I started working with one of the four founders of personal training in general. There was no personal training before these guys, Rich Beretta and David Barton mm-hmm. and the Equinox families. Those people were at the forefront in the late 80s, early 90s yeah. of personal training, right? Yeah. So Rich, Bar- Rich Beretta is the guy who created all the programming for everything that you, everything that you have ever done at Equinox. Yeah. He created the template for that. New York Sports Club, Equinox, David Barton. Yeah. For box. They, yeah, he, they, they all ripped them off and just kind of left them to the... You've never heard of Rich Beretta. You've never heard of this guy. He's a... And he's very pissed about it, I'm sure. Very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's very pissed about it. But he's a, the best trainer of all time. Wow. He knows his anatomy and physiology, front, back, every small muscle. I learned everything... Dude, I, like it blew my mind. I was there with him every day. You know, I trained with him every day. And then from there, I was there with him for eight years. And I was out on my own again. You know, I started building a name for myself around year seven. Mm-hmm. And then I started going outside of word of mouth and start, you know, building my Yelp profile, building up Instagram, start building up, you know, online. So I never needed to look for clients. Mm-hmm. I never asked them for clients. Mm, and then yeah. my, then my, and I started making more money. I started charging more money, too much money to even need to do as many sessions, and that's no good for the gym. Mm-hmm. There's a reason 
why Equinox keeps people at 50 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And that reason is because if you make too much money, Jim loses out on sessions. You lose out on sessions, Jim ain't making no money. If Jim ain't making no money, he out of fucking business. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, bet. So he had the same problem. You know, so anyway, man, like, you know, Beretta and I, like, everyone, like most people that Beretta works with, had it falling out. And then I was like, all right, luckily I did my thing online. Mm-hmm. Luck- luckily, I, you know, People just follow me, but the problem was like the perception of myself, man. When you go out on your own, mm-hmm. it's so scary. It's like, how am I gonna get clients? Mm-hmm. I can't bring them to this shitty ass gym. <laughs> I can't bring my old clients here. They don't got no bathroom. Yeah. Oh my God. When I first towel service. Out, <laughs> there's no towel <laughs> service. <laughs> yeah. Where's all the people dressed in black? What am I yeah. gonna do? <laughs> Who's gonna clean this up over here? The weight is not on 30, it's on 60. It's on 60. Nobody's putting the weights back. It's crazy. It's madness here. Yeah. But yeah. you, you know, I realized that you gotta really create an ecosystem, a culture. As an independent trainer, you have to create the culture of putting your shit back, which I never do, but putting your shit back <laughs> and 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 taking care of not just your clients, but everyone else's clients around you. You know what's funny is it's the details. And I don't know, sometimes I, like I'm a details person. And when I was building up my business, I hated the floor shifts. That's a separate topic. But if I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna clean every spot, put everything the right way. And people notice that shit, man. Like they look and they're like, I wanna talk to that person. I want that person to train me. And that's how you that's how I built my business. Cause I then they started talking to me. We had a conversation, right? It sounds like you guys um did- you know, have the same level of OCD, and I, 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 I used to take up clients on the on a floor shift, just being like, so "What are you trying to build today?" Okay, all right, man, I'll see you later. And then he was like, "Oh, he's not trying to sell me on nothing." So I don't need him. I didn't. I was working at another place that I was actually getting paid money from. Mm. So when I show up to Econize, I show up with like a swagger, like, "Yo, what's up?" A word. All right, man. See you. I just yeah. Show up with other people on the floor shift. I'm getting paid, what, like $8 an hour or some shit, but, so I'm just saying, what's up? And they're like, no, go ahead, you a trainer? Like, yeah, and that was it. And then, <laughs> I, remember one, I remember one guy, oh man, I'll never forget this guy, Tom Hart. He was, he was a company, like nobody would talk, again, like people that nobody wanted to train, nobody, because he would, he, people would try to like, you know, salesman him to death, and he'd be like, my man, who are you talking to? I do this for a lit, like he just was not with the shits at all. Right, he would hit the. That's all he would do. Hit the bag. He'd lift a little weights. You know, he's obviously working through some issues because there'd be sweat and <laughs> snot and <laughs> shit everywhere. You knew Tom was there because it'd be. It'd be the, he called it the Irish grease. The Irish grease was all over the ceiling. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took about two months for him to be like diehard client. Like he's like, I'm never leaving you. That was it. Though. We just fell in love with each other. That's really what it is. You know each other that you always give the best services and sessions possible and it's up to you as a trainer to elevate your game Mm -hmm. so that you can be the best that you can possibly be from conversations that we had i really like relate to you in a lot of things and how you are today with the psychology part of training but it's interesting you know how we all start out something i ask a lot of trainers to think about is what kind of trainer are you and a lot of trainers are always like wondering, oh, I don't know, I guess just want to get people fit or whatever, right? 
But the reason I say that, because I want to hear your story, it sounds like it was martial arts, right? You kind of already started in that space of what am I fighting for? What, what is this about, right? Like for me, I was like a very technical trainer in the beginning. I had no problem going up to people and being like, can I show you something real quick? And then talk about their form on stuff. And that was me, right? Like I like the whole biomechanics. And from there, like where I am today, I still do that stuff. But it's a completely different type of trainer that I am now, a combination, a hybrid of things, right? And so when I ask that question to trainers, they're always like, uh, I don't know. And that's totally fine, right? But what was your experience? Can you explain kind of that journey from there to what you call now the your version of the independent trainer? Actually, my instructors were all extremely, they were all extremely uh, analytical. You know how you are with form? That's how they were with a punch. Mm. There was only one way to throw a punch. Yeah. Right? It, your body had to be aligned so that when you made contact with what you were hitting, the energy dispersed through them and not you. So there's only one way to do it, right? In that yeah. scenario. And mm -hmm. then once you understand the rules of how to apply things, then you can play. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You learn language. Yeah. And once you understand the language, you can build sentences. And once you can build sentences, you can tell jokes because you understand the context of the words that you're using. So it's more of a philosophy of training. Hmm. The philosophy of training is, is that I need to speak their language and I need to understand what their complex equivalents for certain things are, right? Yeah. So if someone comes up to you, I'm a, I'm a new client, right? And I'm like, yo, you know, I really want to get strong, you know? Like what, what, okay. Yeah. What, what the fuck does that mean, right? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. I really, I really want to get strong, and but they they hold their arm up to flex. <laughs> right? so okay. They're not. Let's say like you know, I, I want to get strong. That's a total. That's two different strong, right? It's a little different than the person that's like, I would like to get. I would like to feel strong. Feeling strong mm -hmm. is different. That's a strength yes. training program. Yeah. That's a strength training program, and that's somebody that wants to feel like they can lift a lot of weight, manipulate weight. They want to feel that tension, right? Yeah. The guy holding up his arm, flexing his bicep is like, he wants to look strong. Yeah. He wants the appearance of being strong. So I'm not going to put him through a strength training program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put him through a hypertrophy program. Yeah. That accentuates how much weight he's lifting this week to last week. I might use the language of a, of a strength training program. Yo, your P, that's a PR right there. But the form was a little, you know, you got to bring it back to the form. But also the, the second one I said, I want to, I want to feel strong. Well, you know, I want to feel strong. Inflection going up. That's the one that may want a wider range of strength. That's someone that's that, that yeah, they want to lift weights. They want to look like they work out, but it's very internal. Yeah. As to the other two, manipulating weight, looking strong. The internal one is like, it might even deter to, defer to a uh, uh, internal language or like away from, they want to move away from feeling weak. Those are mm -hmm. two different, three different languages, right? A lot of people don't frame it like, I want to do this. They want to say, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So that's the, those are the things that you want to kind of pay, you want to pay attention to the most. Yeah. If I say... What, what can I, you know, what can I do you for? You know, what can I, what can I do you for? Welcome to Garnett's Body Shop. What, what can we uh, alter for you today? And they're like, well, I don't want to end up like my dad. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to end up like my parents. That's away from language, but I can use, we can use that as trainers. We can use that. That's, that's money in the bank right there. Oh, you don't want to look like your mom? You know, I'll bring, I'll keep a put a pin in that and listen for more away language. Yeah. Me, I really don't want to spend that much time there. I need to get out and do something. That's away, away, away. You're the something. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to them, I say, okay, don't worry. We're, we're going to have you looking spectacular. You'll never look like your parents. And we're also going to give you some new tools to keep you from looking like them. And to, and to, to build on what we already have from there, I'm going to teach you some new skills that are going to get you to, to achieve X in the future. Because we have, they don't even know what it is yet, right? They, they're so busy running from the problem that they haven't even identified what they're running towards yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they have identified it, then you can use that. Then you can, you can be like, all right, well, we're moving away from mom and dad and we're moving towards your best possible self, open-ended, yeah. best possible self, you know? Do you think those skills are, are teachable or is that something that someone has to kind of explore on their own? Yeah, this is all just, Programming, understanding where people are coming from, the so, source of their motivation, huh, the, yeah. right? That's like I'm internally, that person's internal, oh, they touch themselves. That's an internally motivated person. They're emotional, it's kinesthetic, it's feeling. The language mm-hmm. they're using is very specific if you're trained to listen for it. And then someone else, like, I want to feel strong. I want to be ripped. I want to, I want to be, I want to be ripped. How do we know you're ripped? You got to look at it. That's what observational that is visual language so i'm gonna be like oh you're gonna look sick this summer they're gonna be like fuck yeah i'm gonna look sick they're gonna be hyped up what if i say oh i want to be ripped they say they want to be ripped and i'm like oh you're gonna feel great this summer they're gonna be like okay subconsciously Mm -hmm. because you're not speaking their language they hear you they feel you but they you don't share their vision because they're visual Mm -hmm. right that takes training that takes discipline to listen to the structure of how people tell you shit, as yeah. opposed to, uh, you know, being real nice with it. You know, you slick with it, and people kind of like are in a vulnerable place. You ever see that where trainers talk to people? Listen, I can promise you this, 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 and this. They got the whole spiel down, sign the dotted line. That'll be ten sessions up front, twenty-two hundred dollars. Thank you so much. All right, I'll see you Monday. I got your money. Get the hell out of my office, right? Like that's not the same. No. Like the reason I asked that was because um, before before I left Equinox, and one reason why like I just kind of stopped sort of contributing in a way is because sometimes what I felt was happening was, are we basically teaching people how to be human? And that kind of threw me off. To me, mm-hmm. it's illogical, makes sense, everything you're saying, right? But a lot of it is sort of the experience of of just talking with people and listening, right? And taking, and taking the people that people don't want to train with certain types of personalities. Um, and I find like a lot of trainers stay in that comfort zone where it's like, uh, let me just stay with looking good, right? right, right, right. Uh, so, so building a format, I feel comes easier in conversation, just kind of how we're doing. Have you found a way to sort of communicate that with a new trainer? First, I meet them where they're at. I listen for their language. Yeah. Go to Russia speaking Chinese. Yeah. Just <laughs> speaking Russian, right? So I go, I listen for their language. And then over time, then I'll 
attempt to shift them and you do that by making them curious mm. you inspire curiosity in other people great conduit of an energy exchange huh i don't know more I, tell me more mm. you know they know everything already right so they, yeah. they're completely shut down I'm, oh, I'm obviously thinking of a specific trainer right now too who i love <laughs> talking to i love talking to them but they're so shut down mm. they're just fucking their shit and they don't know how be- how much of a tra- better trainer they can be if they just opened up in that specific context. But then again, training is not their bread and butter. Now that I think about it, they don't want to be a good trainer. They want to be a good something else. Yeah. So that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I mean by like people that have other objectives in training. I just love training. That's all I ever wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. it. I, I want to be a great communicator. I want to have a great life. I want to make fantastic connections and I want to make a lot of fucking money so that I can relax. It goes back to what you said earlier. Uh, well, what we talked about earlier with, you know, people who have other things in mind as well with training, it's sort of having that conversation was like, maybe you don't want to be a trainer and that's okay. Right, right. <laughs> have right. this idea that you're going to take on people because you really love training and this is what you're about, but you have all these two other jobs and, and giving attention to that. Like, then you don't really want training. Like, if it's something that you're doing to get, you know, through something so that you have the means to just make that your full-time job, great. But if it's still something that you always have something on the side just to kind of keep going, I don't know if, if training is the thing for you. And I think trainers are afraid to have that conversation with themselves and like, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to have, I don't want to dive deep with people on like why they really want to work out. You know, I just want to train them. So then you're a personal trainer then. You're just that. You're not a coach. You're not working on on, coach. on, a, on someone's life performance. You're yeah. not someone that, that can be a life coach. Just because you offer advice to a motherfucker don't mean that you're a life coach either. You know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. like, you know, man, I gave that guy great advice. No, you didn't. Because he's going to listen to that and he's going to do whatever the hell they're going to do. The, the real key to coaching is subtly influencing people subconsciously to do in their heart do what's in their heart that they want to do. Mm. That's what you're doing. You're inspiring them to do what they truly want to do. However, they're too afraid or they think there's too many steps to get to where they want to be. And that is the key to coaching. When you understand someone's language, you're agreeing with them, but you're also inspiring them to act. And that's the most powerful thing that gives people self-esteem. Self-esteem, the source of it is action. If I feel like I'm, I'm getting closer to my goal every day with everything that I do, mm-hmm. I'm going to believe in myself that much more. I'm going to have Kanye level of belief. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have that level of belief in myself because I know, I know, you can't tell me nothing else. I know that I'm getting closer and I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. And it's something that you just feel and experience. Yeah. That's, that's what a real coaching does. These guys are the training school. That's fine. But you'll never really make a difference. And then if you don't make a difference, you don't grow with the person you're training. If you don't grow, you're going to feel empty. That's, that's my uh, big feel about it. Yeah. So then do you, do you see what you do just to branch off of personal training? Or do you still see that as being personal training? Personal training allows me to speak to people sometimes it's a lot easier because it's easier to talk to people when they're tired. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier to to suggest things when you they don't have the energy to 
to fight you with their conscious mind. You're right. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and like that. Yeah. Somebody that's usually close-minded about shit, they're, they're emotional. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah to, to penetrate someone's mind. You know, they don't have to. And then the next thing, like, you know, I took action on that thing. You put on my mind all day. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Anytime you've had a breakthrough with your client, anytime that you've ever had someone come back to you and thank you for the, the work that you've done, because they feel like I can produce a breakthrough every session. Mm. There's a formula. There's a formula for feeling like you've had a breakthrough and actually having one. Mm. You can do it. You can do it every session. If you pay attention enough, you listen closely to their language, and then guide them along the path. It's a breakthrough every time. It's a break. Every it's like it's like Steph Curry hitting a three. It's it's easy. It's just like breathing, dog. That's how that's so crazy. Just. Like, I can tell you exactly how to make this breakthrough happen. But most people will never do it because they haven't put the reps in. It takes thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah. It takes practice. But you'll get, you know, eventually you'll get there. Once you caught up to where I am, I'll be where I'm going to be. So it's, it's a, you know, it's it's really about sharing knowledge at this point. And I, I really appreciate I love the game. I love, I love training people. With their different styles and preferences. You know, trainers that like things oriented training. Let me explain what that means. Like when you walk into a gym, you may say hello to people, but it's, it's really the equipment that brings you how you pay attention to. Those guys, the first thing I see is like what's happening in the in the environment. Who's here? How many people are here? Okay. Numbers. That, those type of people are great to work with in that capacity because they're never in the way. Mm. never in the way they're, they're so focused on like okay you got how many more sets you got on that machine I need that exact machine it's in my <laughs> program I need that one no I can't go to the fifth machine are you kidding me that's <laughs> for me right <laughs> I mean you can but you, you won't and then you have trainers that are people oriented those motherfuckers are amazing they listen they're, they're focused they're in tune with what's going on but they're always in the way Talk about life issues, you know. So and so died, bro. We're trying to move a sled. I'm trying to move this sled. You in the middle? You about to get ran over, homie? You gotta move this conversation somewhere else. Yeah, you know. And then you got people that are proximal, or people that are like territorial. You get into their space, they immediately meet you with anxiety and. You know, it's a it's an issue. But they also very good with their, their situation. They're territorial. They may or may not actually be great to work with. Because they hard of all the weights. You're right. Because their little universe is the only thing that's real. Right. They don't care about the music playing. They don't care about the, the other trainers that might need their shit. They're in their own little zone. And that's how they deal with their reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we, yeah. we distort so that we can function. We generalize things so that we, we can, can we can make sense of the world. It's too much information, mm-hmm. right? So that's how those are the three kinds of trainers, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a spectrum, right? There's like a Venn diagram of where you lean to. And I think you need people like yourself to sort of know when someone walks in through the door of who to pair them with to to right. to build those skills. Right, because if you pair them wrong, then it's just because I've seen a lot of trainers leave the industry because they just weren't guided or 
or what put in their environment that would make them grow these types of skills. Um, and I, and, and that's hard. I mean, I've been doing it for so long that, you know, I see things a little differently. And then when I put out this manuscript of how to do the things I'm talking about, I want to like overanalyze it and analyze the shit out of it. And, and then they'll be sitting on the shoulders of giants and then they'll come up with their shit. And then, you know, it, it'll mm-hmm. be an evolution of, of communication. I want, my goal is for people to think about personal trainers in the context of communicating. Like, I'm tired of trainers being like, you know, oh, he's a personal trainer. This guy must like sleep with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's a personal trainer. This guy, you know, he must be ripped or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, right? He must be vain and, and to himself. I would like the perception of personal training to be like, oh, wow, he's a trainer. He must make a shit ton of money and listen really well. You sit at the bar and it's like, oh, wow, you're a trainer? Oh, let me tell you about my assistant. Let me tell you what's going on. He would do that to you anyway. Right? They're like, oh, I need to, can you help me lose five pounds? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you help me lose uh, ten pounds, five pounds? Yeah, I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes people don't understand the huge changes you have to do for just that alone. Right. right? Why do you need to lose five pounds? I'm sure you won't look that different. When your association to the five pounds, like then you go into the challenge. I'm always made fun of, and da da da. Instead of like. Using the technology and the, the the programming that they already have, and why don't I just find some? Why don't I love myself and then find somebody that loves me too, and then we can be together? Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? it's way less painful. It all works perfect in my in, in our heads. By the way, this little concept of like loving myself so easily. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. It's a layup. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. just love yourself and find somebody to fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, it, we're told. Something completely different. And we believe that shit. We believe that shit. We believe that if you look like X, then everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And if you make a lot of money, then you should be fine. If I had a bigger ass, if I had a flatter stomach, if I had bigger titties, if I had mm-hmm. been born a rich white dude, you know, like whatever. Whatever you're telling yourself, you need to work with what you got, dog, and maximize it. Yeah. I'm trying to do that where I, where I am. Uh, cause I'm the odd one out in that, in Dallas. You know, and we're, that's you know, the same thing happened in my gym. They're like, mm-hmm. so this is a constant evolving door of like, all right, this is not threatening. This is going to be okay. One old white lady complains. And then all of a sudden I got to have this conversation again. Like, this is ridiculous. Building rapport with the higher ups at the gym that I'm at as well. But I care about them. Mm-hmm. I care about those higher ups. They're people too. Yeah, I want them to be successful, and the gym has not been more successful than it is right now because it's more diverse. They started promoting more diversity on their Instagram, so really putting initiative for to have more people of color and put some more flavor on the, on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're a trainer and you're listening to this, if you're a physical therapist and you want to see some positive change and representation of someone that looks like you, you got to speak those people's language. And it's not just dollars and cents. They're humans too. They want the same things you do. They want to connect. They want to expand. And they want to grow. But if you speak specifically what they're talking about to them, then you'll be all right, man. Like, it'll take time. Just be patient. And shit'll be all right, man. Like, trust me, I had it's been very stressful at times, but I got better at seeing the cycles of people's behavior. It became so much easier 
Mm-hmm. 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 You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a process and you just got to speak to people's higher selves. Mm-hmm. Don't talk, don't talk down to people. Don't be aggravated. They come with some energy that's negative from some other shit that you experienced before. You also got to work on speaking the person's language. Listen to how they communicate. Nobody can understand you. No one speaks your language but you. You yeah. gotta understand that, right? Like no yeah. one. Isaac, I can't speak Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear Isaac speak Isaac. People That's true. Speak. I like that. Yeah. You can't. It don't work that way. What's yeah. up? I'm Garnett. And nobody understands. I can't understand you. <laughs> Man, that's so true, bro. That's so true. I can't believe how many conversations I've had with people, trainers, where it's that the answer to anything that they come to me with, it's that. Yeah. Have you tried speaking their language? Y'all understand this guy. This guy's speaking Chinese, right? Have you tried someone <laughs> that speaks Chinese? Maybe you should learn Chinese. That's the whole. That's the really the vibe. The vibe is that personal trainers should become like the UN. You guys speak all. You guys speak all that shit. Yeah. You guys speak all that shit. So it's uh, it really is up to the trainers. Dip into their own resourcefulness, and anything is possible. I love America, but that's something that we have in a blind spot for. That it's sort of like everyone has to adjust to us. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like it's yep. us, me, 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 and I need you to do what I do so that I know how to understand you. And it's exactly. like that, that mentality, I just, I never understood that. And the fact that there's a lot of that going on now is just, there's easy answers to these things that we're working through right now, but no one's doing exactly what you just said. Well, it's easier said than done because like, yeah. you want to be heard. You want to be heard. Yeah. You want to be heard first. You always want to be heard first. It's my fucking, it's my shit. It's my time. Mm-hmm. Right? I got to claim my peace. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta make space in my life. Protect my energy. Gotta protect, protect my energy. Yeah, protect my energy. Yeah. You need, dog. Yes. Feel the fuck out. Like it's the downfall out. of self help. That's the part of self help that I'm just like. That's a toxic version of trying to do that shit. Self helplessness. That's, yeah. that's just not. That just cries for help. Yeah. You know, protect my energy. You that. You that. You're, you're that volatile right now that yeah. you can't even listen to me to, to pick apart what parts might even appeal to you. Mm. You can't even relate to me at all right now. Yeah. You're not trying to see where I'm at at all. It's really all about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah we yeah. don't get down like that, yo. Those people, people <laughs> like, wow. yeah. people, I have zero patience for that. I can see the structure of your language at a molecular level, and you literally have no time to even step into my shoes, right? Like just to see, like, oh, maybe you know, be to be curious about me. You think you know everything about what I'm thinking right now? Yeah. The conversation's about to be real short. <laughs> real quick. So sometimes you cut off kind of far away. So I don't know if that's like a zoom thing. It's this. It's no. It's not. It's a. It's this. Oh, like I hear you now. Yeah, now yes, that's exactly how this works. So you put oh, this, man. you put these three hundred dollar AirPods as far away as possible. <laughs> so you telling me you didn't get most of that? No, I did, but it just sounds okay. far away. Like right now, you right. sound great. 
I can hear right, you. Right, exactly. So why did, see, this is why you got to communicate what you need, Isaac. You were on Early a roll, though. You were on a roll. I didn't want to slow you down. Isaac, <laughs> I'm always on a roll, baby. Come on, now. This is what I do now, baby. Come uh, on. I was like, you were going on a vibe. I'm like, I'm letting him ride it because it's good. <laughs> I'll fix it in posts. I'll try. See, this is, this is, yeah, man. I mean, we're going to have to do what we got to do, bro. But this, <laughs> Isaac, this is a lesson for you, bro. I'm learning. I'm learning. This is a lesson for you. You got to <laughs> say what you want. You got to ask for what You're you right. need. You're right. Let's say what you want. That's a cry for help. I need this chicken. <laughs> That's not a, hey, does anyone have any chicken, perhaps? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I know. We all want some chicken. Uh, you have your food, right? Am I keeping you from your dinner? I haven't eaten either. You are but... keeping me from my dinner, my dog's dinner. My dog is pissed off. You hear that? <laughs> Cleo, go sit over there, man. Go over there. Thank you. <laughs> Who needs a wife when you have a dog like this? Is that like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, get out of here. She's like, all right. <laughs> oh, and I was, I, I was overreacting. That's fine. But yeah, man. Um, what do you got? You know what? I'm gonna go to a an existential question. I have other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just about to say that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right. Let's, all so right. a lot of things that I've heard you talk about in podcasts and even yours. Yep. Tonality. Can you dive into what you define tonality as? Because it's very interesting. I like that. Okay. So what do you mean by tonality? Tonality is the vibrational frequency in which your language carries through. The song that hits the ear before the language is interpreted is tonality. 35% of your communication is tonality. Okay. About 62% is body language which is why you wanted to see me on the, you know, on the camera right now, which yeah. most people probably won't be able to. They'll be able to listen to this, but we can see one another right now because body language tells you more about person than anything. I don't need to say anything. That's why uh, Jim Carrey and Mr. Bean were so popular. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bean didn't say a word. You know what he sounded like until like 20 years later, right? Yeah. And only 6% of what is communicated, of communication is considered what we say six percent that's it that's all the words we say make up six percent of communication so tonality is the conduit the connecting properties that bring communication together mm. you feel me so tonality is, is just a song right there's a reason why all these hip-hop records are 65 bpm triple b it's all the same shit right yeah 15 years now, we've been stuck at a 65 BPM down south Atlanta, motherfuckers. So 15 years now. Yeah. Me and T-Pain are very upset about this. So, <laughs> but why yeah. is that? Because the tone, the, you know, Travis Scott with this crazy 808 because he's from Houston, it just hits the eardrum in a, in a way that's so satisfying. It affects, they figured out that that frequency hits the, affects the brain in a way that makes you want to listen to it more. That's why you can make so many songs about coding strippers and, and money because mm. it doesn't matter what people are saying it's only six percent of the rap that's true we care about that shit slaps or not like damn yeah. that shit makes me feel like i want to i want to sell some dope okay that's true yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying so that's what i mean by tonality tonality is a tone you know what i'm saying like strength coaches that do weightlifting and competitive uh what is it is weightlifting and then there's olympic lifting right those coaches are all just auditory up 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 let's go up 
Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, nice. There we go. Auditory. That's Who else coaches funny. like that? Oh, martial arts instructors. Oh, hey. Mm. Oh, way. Oh, way. That, that's, that, that's a very Muay Thai, very Thai way of saying that you got this guy. You hit this dude with something, right? It's like a, being a hype man, mm. right? Very auditory style of training, right? So it's, a, it's the tonality about how you communicate things. It's so important as a trainer. It's, so, it's, it's everything, you know? Your body language, too. I, I watch my, oh, man, I love watching trainer body language. It's great. <laughs> if any trainers listening to this, never put your hands in your fucking pockets. Get your hands out of your pocket. <laughs> Get them out of your pocket. And also stand, you know, not too close, but not too far away from your client. Because your body language conducts the energy of the area that you're in, right? If you're in a tight gym space, the body language is everything. Yeah. I grew up. I, I, grew up I, I started training people originally in a boutique gym. Yeah. So it was very small, and but we had everything we needed, and it was important. The body language, like uh, my Rich Beretta, he didn't want nobody. Yo, you were not sitting down. There were no trainers sitting on stability balls. Mm. That lazy shit. There was no coffee cup in hand. Yeah. Don't, don't sit down last night. Yeah, don't sit down. No, 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 no. Coffee cup. Yeah, you working right now, bro? Yes. What are you doing exactly. You paying, you, you paying you how much money? And you complaining about your rough night last night? If you don't get your ass out of my gym, yeah, that shit drives me crazy. Even I if I was think. injured, even if I was fighting, if I was fighting at the time, and I was like, I got, my leg is killing me. I broke my toe or something. He did not care. You at work right now? You should have thought about that shit. Trying to be a karate dude. Yeah, you should have thought about that shit before you came to work. So yeah. anyway, man, those are the three tenets. I know I'm, I fucked up the uh, <laughs> the percentages. It's all right. It's all right. Somebody, no. some asshole on the internet is going to be like, "That don't even make you. That don't even make that makes up a hundred. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. The reason I I asked that is because I I love that first of all, and also a while ago I heard um someone said the meaning of life is tone, and that's what came to my mind when I saw that because mm -hmm. just how the tone you approach things, and then if you go right. the science part of it, everything about tone it. I'm still thinking about it. I always try to analyze things and see like, no, it's not just to you know, be devil's advocate. But tone has still been on my mind. Maybe that is the meaning of life. It's still kind of in there. It's up there with other things, but that's one. And I, and I like that you talk about that because the way you speak about it just right now was just, was very interesting and makes sense for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, man, the tone. That's why Kid Cudi has a career. That <laughs> <laughs> Yo, his hum is like, oh man. It's yeah. the best. He doesn't have to say anything. He's be humming yeah. this whole time. It's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, tonality is the link between body language and what and the verbiage that you use. You know what I'm saying? So it's the vibe, yo. The tone is the vibe. Yeah. Yes. The, the lighting is a visual tone. Yeah. Right. Someone giving you a massage is a kinesthetic tone. Somebody punching you in the face is a kinesthetic tone. It's a tonality. Yeah. It's a it's a vibe. Right. Yeah. So, but Very we communicate cool. that vibe mostly non verbally. Yeah. Upper 60s for body language, upper 60%. And then most of that, rest of that is tonality. And then only, I know for a fact, 6% is just, is what you say. Mm -hmm. Like, does, rock, does a rock have tone? Sure. If it's colored, what color is it? Oh. Right. Now oh, we're yeah, talking about right. the, right? Like the, yeah. the, the mind's eye. This also has to do with how you perceive reality. Like, some people, you know, some people hate gifts. 
They hate when you send them a GIF or a GIF, yeah. right? They hate it because it moves. Yeah. And to them, it like bothers them that the picture is moving. Yeah. Because in their mind's eye, if I asked you, let me ask you something. How, picture a horse right now. Okay? okay. I want you to put a horse in your mind. Now, are you, how are you viewing the horse? What color is the horse? Is it colored? Mm-hmm. It's a colored horse. Is it moving? Mm-hmm. What is it doing? It's, a, it's galloping. It's galloping. Where? By the beach. <laughs> By the beach. See, I was yeah. thinking like in the woods and shit, right? Oh. Okay. Like yeah. my, me, when I was envisioning it, I was, okay. see, there you go. Like your mind's eye is completely different. Now, if I ask another person, sometimes you get like, it's a still static photo. Sometimes oh. you ask people, yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes you ask people and they're imagining a horse and it's on a screen. They're watching it. Yeah, man, this happens oh, wow. all the time. They get meta with it. It's mm-hmm. not real. Whenever I deal with a client, when I, when I, 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 I love clients with ADHD and like, and trauma. Mm-hmm. Give me all those clients because their their programming is very easy to navigate for me. Yeah, because it's so specific. Yeah, like I see everything like this. Okay, good. Because we're gonna use that. Yeah. to help you get to where you need to go. Yeah. So some people see it. You know, I help when I am helping them navigate a traumatic experience. It's imperative that i understand how they see the experience if they're in the three-dimensional world with the horse that they're terrified of right then it helps to put them put the horse on a screen and make it meta yeah right or have them imagine themselves watching the horse watching them watching the horse on a screen right so they're now separated by many different factors from that potential reality you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We can always, I mean, we've talked before already, but I, we always can go into a lot of different things, but I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate you, man. It's really refreshing to hear someone that loves the game as much as I do and yeah, loves to, to, to motivate and produce people that really want to excel, not just in the gym, but in their life. And that means everything to me. So thank you so much for having me again, man. Appreciate you, dog. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, brother. Peace. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com. And follow us on Instagram at The Kilos Project. Till next time, train, recover, create.